The South Congress podcast is a lifestyle show that sometimes crosses over into mature territory. The views expressed are those of the hosts and guests who come from different backgrounds and experiences. Listener discretion is advised. This is the South Congress podcast, episode 111. My name is Cameron. And I'm Isaiah. So let's just jump into this. Mm-hmm. So we live together now. We do. What's the thing about me that annoys you most? Nothing yet. <laughs> I mean, you don't bring me hoes. That's about it. <laughs> so, so, okay. Kidding. So here's a funny story, right? Yeah. So we live in a house together, right? And we live with a third guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, the third guy has this habit. And it's not... And we even talked about this at dinner. Mm-hmm. It's not like a bad habit, but it just kind of informs everything. So uh, he leaves the toilet seat up, Toxic right? Toxic masculinity. <laughs> Toxic masculinity indeed, right? <laughs> so he leaves the toilet seat up, but like I, um, I never do. I've just never been that guy. Like if I have to pee, I'll raise it up, but I all automatically put it back down. And I think that that's... One, I do think that that's standard, but more so, like, me and my sister are seven years apart, right? We shared a bathroom all growing up. Yeah. So, it's just like, I'm not the only one using the bathroom. Yeah. So, I think if you're the only one using the bathroom, then that's kind of what you do, right? Um, So, I told him, and, and I feel bad because I'm realizing- Don't feel bad. Well, no, I'm really realizing I'm a fucking jerk. No, and you're I didn't not. know- Mm-mm. And we'll talk about more of that as we get into this show about all the wrong things that I do and me trying to come to terms with them. Um, but I felt like there's probably a bunch of ways to have that conversation. I don't think I did it the right way. I was just like, hey, got to put the toilet seat down, man. And what was my rationale? Well, oh, I yeah. said, oh, yeah, I heard that conversation. I said, if we have women over, and I've, I've seen it happen before because you and I. When I was in college, we used to deal with a lot of drunks. We did. Um, there, there are stories about people doing things to themselves that we can't tell. True. Um, oh, yeah. That's very true. A woman definitely got too drunk. Um, not in our presence, but in the, I guess, vicinity, like adjacent, mm-hmm. got too drunk and maybe defecated on herself. Um, and she'll never live oh. that down. <laughs> um, she was so damn fine, too. Yeah, um, ru- that, that ruined it for me. I don't way know back if I then. told you, but like me and her husband get along really well now, uh, because time passes and things change. But no, nothing changed with that. Okay, fair. Um, but that's a side he's conversation, still natural, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, he's a piece of shit. Yeah. In that in that terms, but um, overall, tr- true love wins, Peanut. I guess. <laughs> but um, no, 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 no. So get get back to what we said. I have seen a woman, and I told him this on the story, or when we talk, mm-hmm. I have yeah, seen a woman fall into a toilet, right? Mm-hmm. I told this same story to a friend of ours, and her response was, I've seen the women you date. None of them are going to fall into the toilet. Damn. That's kind yeah. of fucked up. I, yeah, it wasn't complimentary like it sounds. But what happened? Mm-hmm. So we are... At the house, um, a woman needs to come by for a specific reason. Mm -hmm. I go to the bathroom and the toilet seat is up. So my cries for assistance were not wrong. 
literally the situation I was afraid of happened, right? And somebody who should go unnamed installed a blue light in the bathroom. So if she's feeling sexy when she goes to the bathroom, she might just fall ass first into that toilet. Now she has wet ass and a blue light. Do you have any <laughs> idea like how that blue is going to reflect on a wet ass? It's not going to be pretty. It'd be funny. So PSA, if you or anybody you know ever plans on entertaining women, put a toilet seat down, man. They oh, appreciate it. Okay. So enough fun, right? Yeah. Um, this is one of the few episodes where I absolutely made the cover art before we started the episode. Okay. So let's talk about Bubba Wallace a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. NASCAR, like many other companies, has this renewed push to really uh, hit home with Black Lives Matter. Um, they want people to understand that they are very much at the forefront of equality and progression. And it's not something you'd expect from NASCAR. Yeah, right? no shit, because they, they're in their fan base. They banned the Confederate flag. That should have been so, done many years ago. Absolutely. Why would you have the uh, flag of a loser? But Yeah, um, and we might get into that a bit later. But mm -hmm. my whole feeling on the Confederate flag is, like, if that's about heritage and that's about legacy you don't see atlanta falcons fans wearing 28 to 3 shirts no right no, like they don't. don't celebrate the almost like nobody wears afc or nfc champion shirts you wear super bowl champion shirts like do you think there are a bunch of smiling 90s buffalo bills fans running around fuck no they're still pissed off about it fuck no they're right? still pissed off about losing the cowboys so three years in a row if we can't celebrate losing in a quote-unquote trivial environment, why would you celebrate losing the greatest loss in American history outside of the Korean War and the quote-unquote tie that was the Vietnam War? Like, what are you celebrating besides racism, right? Okay, but NASCAR said, yo, no more Confederate flags, right? So, how many black drivers does NASCAR have? One. One. What is his name, Peanut? Bubba Wallace. Bubba Wallace. Um, Bubba Wallace is Daryl Wallace Jr., um, black father. I'm sorry, white father, black mother, right? My thing has always been this. If one of your parents is black, you're black. And what's the reason? They'll still call you a nigger. <laughs> that's what it comes down to, right? Yeah, that's like, true. Like, we talk about we we talk about and joke about white supremacy, but white people do really, really, really ninety nine percent of the time inform your ethnicity. Because oh yeah, yeah. The, how they make treat it, you? Yeah, they they make it known that you're not one of them. For sure, I've seen it happen firsthand at the last town that i lived in mm -hmm. i seen it happen firsthand you know, oh you had some some light-skinned del rioans think that they could pass oh absolutely and end up getting shown the door the ones that were darker than me thought they could now yeah. i'm sitting there looking at you i'm looking at them like look at these pendejos so bubba wallace puts black lives matter on the car seems to be a very good representative mm -hmm. his fellow racers are arm in arm with him full disclosure NASCAR lasted longer than I thought they would. Um, so what seems to be a noose is seen hanging from his garage. Mm -hmm. They have the FBI come and investigate. 
the FBI determines that it's not a hate crime because a lot of people have ropes hanging from their garages to pull them up and pull them down. Um, the cover art for this show is the suspected noose. If you look at it, you might feel like the FBI could have dug in a little deeper. Oh, yeah, just a little. Because I'm looking at that. I'm like, I've, I've seen a lot mm-hmm. of door pulls mm-hmm. in my life. Never one like that. It could just be straight. <laughs> like, it yes. could just be a straight rope. Yes, With that's the knot at the end, so you just pull yeah, it down. Yeah, exactly. I say all that to say this. Someone really went out of their way to make that special door pull. There are a lot of people, white people specifically, mm-hmm. who looked at the FBI's investigation and decided... The FBI said it's a hoax. It's a hoax. See, racism racism is not as bad as you make it out to be. Here's my point on that. Think about all of the racism that you know to exist. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it's Georgia. And um, either in a review or you can email South Congress at Gmail or on my Twitter. You can correct me if I'm wrong. But with these elections this year, oh yeah, uh, and actually, I think it's Mississippi. So again, somebody correct me if I'm wrong. Kentucky's also having it to where um, are you talking about the polling places, right? Kentucky. Okay, Thank yeah, you. Kentucky. Yeah, they, so in a, Kentucky in a has an Democratic. area of yep. town that has six hundred thousand black people. Mm-hmm. An area of the state. They somehow through law. Narrowed down that region to two voting places. Mm-hmm. So even with a perfect split, 300,000 people are expected to vote at one place in a day. They're expected to wait around all that time, not get frustrated, not get hungry, not get thirsty, not have to pee. They're supposed to wait there the whole time in order to vote. Like, Bless you. Thank you. So if you look at that, mm-hmm. and if you look at the Bubba Wallace situation and say, see, racism's not real. But you look at the issue over there and and not speak about that, you know what that means? Hmm. All it takes is one hoax for you to ignore everything that you see and know. What does that make you? Racist. I'm not even going to say it makes you Ignorant. racist, but it makes you an agent of white supremacy. Because you would ignore, all it takes is one example out of 99 for you to dismiss the 99. Okay? Yeah. Let's fold this into another conversation. Something that's very personal to me. Something I feel like I need to talk about. So, if you listen to the last episode, a very strong portion of that is me talking about my experience with the Black Lives Matter protests. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I, I sincerely, I get emotional just talking about it because I'm, I'm not really in a position to just pour my feelings out to anybody outside of this platform, right? Mm -hmm. I have my own issues and my own hangups with family and with women (laughs) to where I'm not comfortable just pouring myself out because I'm afraid of how things will be received. But this show is therapy to me in a lot of ways, right? Even though I don't listen to it back. (laughs) I I like to get the feelings out. But, you know, that Friday and Saturday 
before I went to the first protest mm -hmm. was really hard for me because I felt such an obligation as a man, as an adult, as a black person, um, as somebody. And it's weird to say it like this because I'm absolutely a black man living right now. But as somebody with black parents and black grandparents and black ancestors and a black sister and a black brother, like I felt very much obligated to be a part of these protests. Like I feel like my life was on the line because of what was happening to people. Right. Yeah. But it was like, yo, I can just live or I can live for this is really how I felt. So. You go to the protest a couple of weeks in a row, right? And so your man Greg Abbott um, is like, gets has a press conference and he's like, um, we are in a very serious stage of quarantine. Um, I don't feel like certain people have been taking the necessary steps to be safe. Um, maybe it's this group, maybe it's that group, but we need to do more. So my response is, like, yo, I posted the SpongeBob meme of SpongeBob being like a cop or neighborhood watch looking for the criminal. And then on the telephone pole, <laughs> it's a wanted poster of him. Yeah, that's from And that. to me, that was Greg Abbott. It's like, yo, you're calling a witch hunt. You decided these policies. You decided you could open up bars and restaurants to a certain capacity. Theme parks and rivers and all that shit. For sure. Mm -hmm. Right? Yep. And so to me, it was a no-brainer. Like, the person responsible for the policies that allowed people to be outside in a recreational capacity, like I feel like that's where the onus is. Mm -hmm. Because these are people touching the same surfaces, talking face to face, like really experiencing each other. Um, how we know COVID is transmitted, right? So... Me, and, and I have to admit, like, I'm on my high horse about the whole thing. Like, as somebody who is often disillusioned about the world and about spirituality and about what this all means. And I admit that. Like, I, I very often wonder if the things that we do matter, Right. I feel like for a couple of weeks in a row, I went outside of myself to help people like me and to make the world better, right? Mm -hmm. So I post a meme and my man, and, and I, I genuinely feel like that. And so I don't even want to preface this with no disrespect because this is somebody I've had in-depth conversations with. This is somebody who I think is, is, at least for the most part, on the right side of history. Let me tell you exactly what he said. When I say that Greg Abbott's responsible, the response was how? I'm not an Abbott fan or defending him, but you, in caps, but you went out to the protests along with thousands of others and exposed yourself to people not wearing masks or social distancing. The pandemic didn't just go away or disappear. Travis and Comal counties have the highest increase in COVID positive cases the last two weeks in the entire state. If you listen to his full press conference, he didn't just blame young people. 
Yes, he can apply more guidelines for the cities, but we can also practice better social distancing guidelines instead of just pointing the finger. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, like, you know me, right? And in conversations with me, like in our group chats, in us just talking, you know how serious I am about social justice. Like, I'm very much about that, right? So for somebody who like, I've had conversations with, like it really took me aback. I was super angry in the immediacy. I didn't understand where the energy was coming from. Um, here's my takeaway from it, right? Uh, because again, like this is somebody who I have a lot of respect and appreciation for. Like that hasn't gone away. I don't. As somebody I follow mutually, I haven't seen him call out people at restaurants or at bars or at pools. And he's not going to. Or at the rivers. I haven't seen that. He's not going to. To me, that's one of two things, right? Mm-hmm. It's either he has a problem with what I did or he sees those at the same thing. And I have a problem with both of those things. Right. Because like I'm telling you, like it wasn't a thing where, damn, I really want to go out like, you know, me, everybody knows me every Sunday, me and you football, knocking down mimosas, party until (laughs) party until it's late, waking up with a story to tell. Like that was us. Yeah. That's how we got down. Right. Mm -hmm. But when the thing hit. Like when Corona hit, we immediately shut that shit down. We said, nope. Like there was a last weekend where everybody could go out. We didn't go nowhere because it didn't make sense. Right. Yeah. So when the bars and stuff open back up, you and I haven't even discussed hitting a bar or a club. Not going to either. It didn't even come up. Yeah. Like that could be us being old men, but it's also like we see that these aren't things of value. Protesting the murder of black people at the hands of law enforcement is very much a reason to leave your house. Like risking your health in the hopes that other people won't get killed to me is a noble cause. Yeah. And I mean, for the most part, you know, with that person, he's not really intelligent. He's just kind of faking it. I'm not going to knock my man like that. Like I'm, I'm not, I mean, I'm not trying to, but I mean, that's just, yeah, what it is, you, you know. You, okay, so we can have a different opinion on yeah. him, right? It, it's just because I mean, like you know, obviously what he said, it was just it's very stupid. Okay, because for the most part, not not everybody was, but a majority of people were wearing masks. They mm-hmm. they were main they were doing the stuff. Counterpoint in Michigan when all those people, all, all those MAGA people, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, Pretty much, uh, what what you call it? They uh, I can't think of the word now. What did they do? They pretty much held um, their capital hostage over masks. Yeah, with guns. <laughs> yeah, with guns. Yeah, I say with guns. Yeah. Not a mask in sight. Mm-hmm. You know, they're screaming and yelling in the cops' face. Mm-hmm. You know, so much for the Blue Lives Matter and all that bullshit. Mm-hmm. But that's what I'm saying. Like, like you know, it's it just like I saw that. Uh-huh. And I was just like, you know, that's a typical response I would expect for that person because, like, you know, that was it was just very fucking ignorant, you know, considering the fact that nobody's willing to call out those people. Mm. Like you said, the ones that are going to the bars, that are going to the rivers, mm-hmm. 
that are, you know, showing their ass and everything that, you know, just being fucking morons, you know, mm-hmm. out in the bars. Like, they're acting like never been to a bar, you know, in their life kind of thing, you know, when you can just drink at home for way cheaper and everything's still good. And yet nobody's calling them out. But yeah. all of a sudden everybody has an issue with Black Lives Matter protest. And that, to me, tells me everything I need to know about you as a person if you're only calling out the protest. I would be very curious mm-hmm. to see. I mean, because all, for all I know, again, I haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. He might be in everybody's Instagram story saying, why the fuck are you outside? It, it could be. So I don't want to like, again, I'm coming. I haven't done the research. I'm coming into this with low information, right? Mm-hmm. But if that's not the case, to me, it's one of those two things. Either you don't see the value in me fighting for people's lives. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the crazy part is your career is fighting for people's lives, yeah. right? Like, yep. and, and I would never disparage what he does. Like, it's a super noble thing, right? Again, yeah. this is not somebody I don't like. Um, but either you don't see the value in what I did or you think it's the same as what everybody else did. Either way, I have a problem with that. And it was like, at first I was like, yo, like we need to talk individually. I just kept getting madder, dude. Like, because did he ever reach out to talk to you individually? He, he gave me his number to talk. He absolutely did. And shout out to him for that. And, and he listens to the show. So it's like, I hope he understands like my anger in the situation because for a day I was sitting there and I was like, yo, I'm going to call him. You know what I was going to say? The first thing I was going to say, what the fuck is your problem? Like genuinely, because like I'm so staunchly dedicated to what I'm saying. And I, and this is not me being like a superhero. I'm a hundred percent against the innocent murder of black people by police. Like that's just how I rock. Right. Mm -hmm. And to me, your language speaks volumes because he was like the protests, right? What was my response? What was I protesting? Yeah. And his response was something along the lines of, were you out? And I'm just like, there's a reason that, and even what the government and CDC has been saying, they attribute the rise in coronavirus cases to people being out socially, not to protesting. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And, and and that's just what it is. You know what I'm saying? So an egg on the face for all that stuff. Research has been done so far, and as of right now, they've even come out and say, hey, a lot of these cases, it's not because of protesting. Mm-hmm. It's because of Memorial Day of the bars and the beaches and everything opening up. Yeah. But you know what? That somehow did not make it into the Instagram comment, like, you know, to the comment towards you that that yeah wasn't somehow in there i took it super personal no and, I, I would have too yeah I mean, you're and, you're a bigger man than i am because i might have cussed him out right yeah. then and there and again shout out to the man like yeah it's really like i'm really stressing like it's not beef but i i appreciate the fact mm-hmm. that he's willing to have a conversation afterward i hope he appreciates the fact that i'm too upset to have the conversation and it just has to be that you know what i'm saying like I can't. I there's a reason I don't post on Facebook anymore. Like I'm not here ignorance. for yeah. the unlimited comment amount 
from people who are never going to process any information. You feel me? I mean, that's also on Twitter too, but well, but on Twitter, I can I can handle the information differently, and the way that people respond on Twitter, mm-hmm. they're quicker with the links or the reasoning to why somebody's full of shit. Or you can just hit them with the issue, and <laughs> then they end up looking stupid based on what they're saying. But yeah, social media is absolutely toxic. Like we won't argue that. that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like I, I feel like if we got rid of social media, I, I think as a society we'd do so much better. I refuse to believe that. You know why? Why? What did we have before social media? Slavery and crack. So no, I'm talking about after that. Okay, nigga, crack didn't go away. Yeah, but crack's not <laughs> and bad. Niggas are still broke. So no, fuck social. Like, like, no, we're better off with social media because at least I can reach out to a black person across the country and know they're going through the same shit I'm going through. I will take that over fake news and false information all day. Um, uh, like, I, yeah. I absolutely understand your point, yeah. but social media didn't make people evil. It just made dumbasses louder. Okay. It made dumbasses louder, and it made people pretend to be antisocial. People are absolutely pretending to be antisocial, and it's gross. Yeah. Like, I hate every single one of y'all. <laughs> Those of y'all that pretend yeah. to be antisocial. I don't like you. Let's talk about wrestling, Peanut. Why? <laughs> this is this isn't platform. Wrestling. This isn't platform that we're gonna. Well, it is move because on. you were so fascinated with this story. Which one? So, I got a friend named Vic. Vic is a woman, right? Um, I know Vic through wrestling Twitter. Uh, we get along super well. We talk from time to time. A wrestler posted like a long two tweet, eight picture notes app apology about. How does everybody do that? Uh, everybody who doesn't actually care about people does it. But he posts this apology about him treating his girlfriends wrong and cheating on them and how he's in therapy and he's a better person now. And Vic was okay. basically like, yeah, here's how you sexually abuse me for years. <laughs> Which opened up the floodgates. So 38% of British wrestling Twitter is apparently sexual abusers. And 13% of American wrestling are fucking pedophiles. <laughs> and this all came out. Um, I, I don't... Are you surprised? Guys, I... I, I write an interview. I do a weekly wrestling call-in show. So this is not me regurgitating the story. This is just me wanting to hear Peanuts' stream of thought about wrestling Twitter being exposed as a bunch of male sexual deviants. The floor is yours. I'm just saying I'm just not surprised mm-hmm. at this. I mean, I understand this goes on in many businesses, you know, Football, basketball, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure we'll probably eventually get some cases or whatever. For sure. But I think with wrestling, it's a little bit different. You know why it's and, different And it has wrestling? to be different because here's the thing. Mm-hmm. What people tend to forget, even a lot of you adults that like to play Halloween for likes and retweets on Twitter, wrestling is for kids. The, okay. the, the main audience is always to go to... Entertain the kids. The main audience is actually 53 years old, but I understand your yeah, point. Yeah, but I'm saying, but wrestling was intended to entertain the kids. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Even though, yes, the main audience, yeah, like you said, it's, it's like a bunch of old men that live in the basement that probably jerk off into a tube sock. Okay? But I wasn't really surprised to see all this. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just kind of like, okay, and then 
I know it's happening for, you know, wrestlers in WWE, you know, AEW, but a majority of it is in indie. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. You know, they're not, you know, really getting that money. What else are they going to fucking do? So, you know, the biggest difference with wrestling, hmm. unlike basketball and football, yeah, which I think are like the, the highest sports and yeah. probably soccer too. Oh, soccer, absolutely, because soccer is a world sport. Men don't train women mm-hmm. in the same way in basketball, football, soccer that men train women in wrestling because there they train in the same ring to be on the same shows, right? Mm-hmm. So this is me saying there are probably some fucked up people in football and basketball and oh, yeah, soccer. The difference is access. They don't have access to women and specifically young impressionable women because like look who's my favorite olympic athlete other than bryce um <laughs> ali raceman okay she's so she's so fine oh my god <laughs> she's a fucking superhero right yeah ali raceman was in that long line of gymnast uh athletes who were sexually abused by that doctor at michigan state oh yeah, yeah. right okay. yeah so a lot of it is access mm-hmm. men with bad intentions having access to boys and girls to where they can abuse them mm-hmm. right so wrestling just happens to be one of those things where men train women you know so yeah. you see i think we're seeing a higher concentration of it and shout out to all the women and men and girls and boys who came forward about their abuse um I think it's going to do a thing to clean up a business. How clean will it get? Who knows? I hope it gets better for everybody. I think it should, but the main one that no one's wanted to talk about, which really kind of makes me question all of wrestling Twitter. Okay. Why haven't y'all come for Vince McMahon yet? Oh, they have. The no, issue no. is. No, no. I mean, yeah. coming for him. Yeah. Getting why, him why out Why haven't of there. you been louder about him than everybody yes. else when he has, when somebody's accused him of raping them in a limo? Yeah, for sure. Um, people want their wrestling. and But that's what I'm saying. At, at what point mm-hmm. are you willing to say, hey, mm-hmm. like... The problem is this. Mm-hmm. The problem is this. Okay. And this is always my problem with criticizing companies. Okay. Most successful companies are ran by who? Old white men. Per- Old white men. Yes. That's just across the board, right? Mm-hmm. But that's who's been in position of power in wrestling. The successful companies that you and I like, mm-hmm. who are the visible employees, men and women of color. Yes. So when I boycott your company, I'm not hurting you. I'm hurting those employees. And I'm saying this. Else. Not with wrestling. You can't just jump to the other company. Somebody but, eventually mm-hmm. is going to... Uh, eventually, like I've been saying... Mm-hmm. People are eventually because Cody Rhodes did it. Cody Rhodes literally created, literally went to somebody. You want to talk about Cody Rhodes? No, no, hold on. (laughs) I'm just saying Cody Rhodes literally went to somebody Mm -hmm. with the gift of gab that he has. He got from his daddy, you know, R.I.P. Dusty. Okay, Cody Rhodes literally went to somebody, got in their pockets, and talked them into creating him a wrestling promotion so he could be champion. So he could run it. Okay? This is Cody Rhodes. And, and Cody Rhodes, he, he, you know, he can wrestle. He can go. But my thing is, there's a lot of wrestlers out there mm-hmm. that their time's pretty much up in a way. Like, as far as they had their moment, they've already peaked. 
why not band with other people, create your own promotion, especially in a time right now where you're going to get fans no matter how good or bad your product is, but you're going to have people backing you because of who you are and just create your own shit and get rid of that toxic environment. Mm-hmm. You can get the people that you want. Cody Rose did that shit. He has the wrestlers that he wants. Literally create a promotion to make himself champion and to kind of get rid of, like, WWE said, you know, fuck you, Vince McMahon. He went that route. Cody Rhodes has been slow on the draw with this speaking out stuff, mm-hmm. which is not a knock on Cody Rhodes. Yeah. But it's to say it's really easy to say a bunch of nice things about being a boss until you have to deal with your employees. Mm-hmm. Um, but his employees are what? So he don't. What do you mean? Majority of his employees are what? Oh, you tell me. You tell me. You're the one who watches it. White guys? That's why he ain't speaking out. Yeah. Well, it don't affect them. Shout out to Cody Rhodes for taking initiative. He's finding out in real time how hard it is to be in charge. Um, but I like I absolutely understand your point. Mm-hmm. But there's also like a bunch of baggage that comes with that. But absolutely. I, I think that here's what I actually think about Cody Rhodes, mm-hmm. genuinely. I think that he's a guy our age who is all of a sudden awakened to this new world where he has new responsibilities and he's actually trying to make the thing work. Um, At the end of the day, all I have to do is say, hey, Tony Khan, get rid of this person. Thank you. And it's happening. Yeah. But the problem with get rid of this person is you got up in front of a bunch of people and told them what you stand for. And now you have to reconcile that with the things you do. Like, it's hard. Um, yeah, but I'm just saying at the end of the day, like, why don't... Please, this is not love and hip-hop. It doesn't have to be at the end of the day. No. Okay, well, I'm just saying, like, you know, you can still like you can still get McMahon out of WWE, and WWE will still be okay. I think that... I think you just have to get everybody associated with him out of there, it too. It being publicly traded, mm-hmm. that's going to happen before you and I are actual old men. But we'll see. I hope so. Um, cause... They had a bunch of breakouts of coronavirus. <laughs> And it's not, I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm laughing because the idea that WWE, and again, I want people to understand, mm-hmm. like my supplemental income is based off of WWE success. Like I literally get money to talk about the goings on in wrestling. So I appreciate WWE for keeping gas in my car. <laughs> However, it's not an essential business, right? No. And so the fact that they are risking people's health like all the time, they had somebody who's apparently, at least to their knowledge, there being the employee, not the company, yeah. has now caught COVID for the second time in three months. Like none of this needs to happen. We'll be fine. Like I don't even watch wrestling on a weekly basis unless I get the call from the big man that got to do a show. What do I do? I sit there on my couch, take a couple of shots of tequila. Mm-hmm. And play Batman until I fall asleep. Oh yeah, I see turn on happen. some some little baby and Gunna to catch Predator. Yeah, turn on some T Cap. Mm-hmm. Text a woman some lies about the time we're going to spend in October. I go to sleep. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm I'm fine without wrestling, right? But yeah, it's not essential, and they need to stop doing that. Mm-hmm. A thing I wanted to say before we got on the topic of wrestling and speaking out, right? Okay. I am trying to come to come to terms with my toxic masculinity. Oh, you're I'm a very really toxic try- person. Whoa, 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 whoa. But it whoa. gets excused. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hmm. What's toxic about me? Everything. No, 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 no. 
I want you without indicting me to specific people. I want you to tell me what's toxic about me. Everything. It's the way how you, well, for one, how you fat shame on Twitter. Wait, 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 I fat shame? Oh, absolutely. Who and do then, I fat shame, oh, sir? I'm ugly. If you don't, I, I, I almost want to just take this, this night, this mic Wait, stand right oh, here. Oh, you mean I fat shame myself? No, you fat shame others. Who do I fat shame? People that have, that have to look at that shit all the time. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You're saying I'm fat shaming yes. people? Keep your shirt on. Keep your sleeves on. Yes. Keep your shirt on. Keep your sleeves on. Wait, who did I that's, fat That's shame? very toxic. It's very toxic behavior. This is this is this is something. This is something that we need to not happen anymore from you. This okay. is very toxic. The point I was making was, I think that I need to adjust the way that I talk to women. Stop the coercion. Go! Whoa! No coercion. Um, my Winning point- game is coercion. <laughs> My point is you that, get away with it if you're pretty, though, for whatever reason. But running game is coercion. Don't let anybody lie to you. When I have an argument with a woman, mm-hmm. and when I say an argument, what I mean is a disagreement where the woman might be more in, emotionally invested in the disagreement, I need to work on not taking a certain tone and dismissing her feelings in the moment. Um, I think that I tend to shut down, make the disagreement sound less important than it is, and at times just walk away from the situation. And I think that that puts emotional stress on the other party, and it's not fair to them because then they don't know how to respond to me the next time they have an issue. I think it creates a toxic environment where nobody's getting their feelings across. And so I should do a better job of communicating how I feel in the moment to make sure that that person is not uncomfortable around me in the long term. Just be like, just tell them everything straight up front. Just tell them what the business is and where they stand in place. And if they don't like it, well... Like as Prince Hansel would say, well, you're free to go. I'm going to slowly transition away from that conversation mm-hmm. because I don't want it to be a joke. Now, why would you not want to hit that conversation head on? Well, no, I feel like I did, but I, I, what I'm saying is I don't oh, want to say gotcha, anything. Gotcha, gotcha, I don't want to make a smart comment at the end of it to dismiss it. Mm, gotcha. Peanut. Yeah. What I do? You have a certain job. Mm-hmm. We made the decision. And when I say we, this decision was made like two weeks ago without my knowledge. I just kind of saw it one day. My college is not having on-site classes in the fall except for um, things that absolutely have to be on-site, which is like welding and automotive. Like things that have to be hands-on. Okay, yeah. Everything else will be remote. What about about labs like a a biology lab? Labs will be virtual. Really? Oh, that's right. Mm -hmm. You can do it. And again... The crazy thing about it is to get into our nursing program, Mm -hmm. you have to meet certain prerequisites. The first of which is anatomy and physiology one, right? That class. (laughs) It's not great, right? No, I hated it. Let me tell you about this though. Hmm. So at the community college level, you have to take a test before you can take anatomy and physiology. Okay. Because we didn't have on-site testing, 
That test was not offered spring or summer. So we have a bunch of kids who just registered for it before everybody else. Now, I have not seen the results yet. So I don't know if a bunch of kids just failed the class outright. I assume they did, which is not an indictment on how smart they are. But there's a reason that there's a placement test. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You don't just let every kid into the finals of the 100. (laughs) You know what I mean? You have to build up to that point. So I bet a bunch of kids failed that. Yeah. Us doing it two semesters in a row was a shock to me because I think that that creates more of a margin for error Mm -hmm. and kind of slows down the process in those health sciences professions, right? So let me ask you this. Sure. Um, So with that being said that they're going to make, I guess, basically, so this semester, fall semester for the students, Mm -hmm. unless it's hands-on, it's going to be virtual, correct? Are they going to keep you? Hell yeah. At, ho- at home? No, I'm saying at oh, home. Oh, I was like, nigga, I'm good. No, no. They I'm working my home. You see me, they working my ass no, off. No, I'm saying, but like, are they going to keep you at home or are they going to put you in the office, sir? Nigga, eight hours a day, a slave. Um, <laughs> uh, I believe in the fall, mm-hmm. we're going to have the option of going to campus. They just sent out a mandate today that if you're on campus, you have to wear a mask. Okay. okay. Um, I... Given the choice, genuinely, I would go to my office. Why? Um, you've seen me. I'm fucking miserable at home. You're gonna be miserable in the office as well. I. But, you're gonna have just because yeah. the kids are gonna be online. You're gonna have but that many calls it, too. I'd be miserable at the office, but mm-hmm. I could do two days at the office and three days at home. Like I could. Like there's enough variance in the day to where the week would feel like. A normal week, you know, um, my building specifically um, has very few classrooms and is mostly offices. Yeah. So I would not um, one. We're not going to have students anyway, but I rarely see faculty and staff in my office. Like I'm on a closed wing um, and I'm sure that my team would not go to the office, you know, so it's really more about location. Ooh, but three point stance galore. Oh, my God. I said this to say, I've mm-hmm. never done anything appropriate in my office. Inappropriate, never, you mean? ever, ever. Anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm getting eyes from around the room. Um, anyway, Peanut. Yeah. And I want your real take on this. Okay. Are sports happening in the fall? In my opinion, I'm going to, if I'm a betting person... With what we're seeing right now, I'm going to say no. I I feel like it's just way too risky. It, it's because we're seeing we're now seeing the heavier cases. It's not 80 year old grandma, you know, 60 year old mom or dad. It's people in our age range because we're the ones going out. And guess who? Guess who the ones that have the kids? People our age. Yeah, they're now and also little kids are starting to get it too. And my thing is, you know, especially like with me, I, I work at a middle school. I've already had a lot of, uh, like when we're having the distance learning, we already had a, a lot of these kids, like when I ask them like, hey, like, you know, how do you feel about going to school in the fall? Because more likely we're going to open up and go back. And a lot of them were like, oh, I'm going to go and hug my friends. I don't care what y'all say. Y'all can write me up. Literally, those are the responses I'm getting. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, you're not just going to get a write up. You're probably going to get kicked out because... It's for sure going to be, you know, hands off. But just, yeah, just in my opinion. 
Um, I would say right now it's not going to happen. Uh, just just seeing all the cases and you know the strength conditioning camps around the state are shutting down one by one. Hell, Lake Travis shut down this week too. You know, um, I was supposed to work this week uh, for the strength conditioning camp and. They shut down for the week. I, now, I don't know if it's until further notice. I just know for sure it is for the week. So I'm guessing that's going to turn into probably, you know what, hey, we're done. Because, I mean, people are getting sick. People are getting infected. And these kids, a lot of them probably not been staying home. When Ezekiel Elliott tested positive for COVID, mm-hmm. to me, that was it. Yeah. You you know what I mean? Like, like genuinely. Like, Vaughn Miller tested positive, but that was early in the situation, like nobody knows it's out there really. And so it's hard to be cautious in the moment. I get that. But Ezekiel Elliott testing positive in June. Like to me, that was like, mm. and then you had a third of the Clemson football team, 20% of the UT football team, you know. And so, but my thing is, and then like a bunch of kids in Louisiana who were just Bama. out at the bars. Bama, and, and that's Alabama the thing, like, players. listen, you and I have been in college. Yep. I did some dumb shit in college. You feel me? And what do you think, though? You think you're invincible. Nothing mm-hmm. touches you. Like, think about, I remember me and Fox, freshman year, being in that dorm, and his parents came to visit him one day, and I was in my bed with a trash can next to me throwing up while he's talking to his mom on the other side of the room. There are six feet between our beds. <laughs> Because you think you're invincible. Nothing's going to stop you. Right? Yeah. So these kids, like, I can't even be mad at teenagers because teenagers are fucking idiots. Right? They're going to do what they want to do. They're going to do what the fuck they want to do. There's no stopping them. I, I'm just try- I'm just trying to figure out, too, like, um, because I've seen the numbers already for uh, the attendance for athletic classes. I have one class that has, think, about 110 kids. Mm-hmm. Another one with, like, 105. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you do with that, right? And there's only two coaches in those periods. What are we going to do? And our locker room is literally mm-hmm. the size of all this whole first floor right here. Mm-hmm. And you take everything out. That's probably about the size of, it, of everything. You take all the walls out. Like, again, I want it's you to crazy. think about it in these terms. Like, and, and I won't I won't even qualify me protesting. Like, mm-hmm. I think that that is – and not because I did it. But it's one of those great causes in life that people who value other people should participate in. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and granted, if you, if you don't protest, I'm certainly not knocking you. Mm-hmm. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I do think that even in the face of risking your health, I think that there are things greater in this world and for your soul that exists. Right. There are things worth risking your health for, and definitely for something like for protesting. Um, so, so less people yeah. get killed, exactly, not die. But so less people get murdered. Like I, I think that's a noble cause. Yeah, and we're seeing the protesting is working. Listen, we're seeing the, like you know it's mm-hmm. happening. Changes, it's working. We don't talk about it a lot on this show, but I absolutely believe in God. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that there are some fucked up things in this world, but if you asked me. If God was on the side of people protesting actual injustice, I would have to say yes. Yeah. I think it's that noble of a cause, right? Because they're not. For sure. They're but, not really getting sick, yeah. But my point is this. Think about, again, you and I, super social, mm-hmm. every weekend in the streets. 
since the first weekend of March, we have not gone anywhere. Nope. You know what I mean? Like, like, and that's us being responsible about it. But kids, kids don't give a fuck. Kids are rebellious by nature, and kids do not understand the severity of the world. And like, and the, the gross thing about it is, there's actual coaches on Twitter that are in positions of power mm-hmm. that are basically like, "No, we have to have a season." We have to have football. No, we do not have to have football. Okay? Yes, I understand. There's some kids that may miss out on a scholarship, but you know what? If those college coaches have not contacted you by now, I, I hate to say it, I hate to sound negative, but you're probably not going to play at the next level. You might not be. You know, you might not be that good enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some of y'all, you know, you might have had a chance, but there's a pretty good chance that if they haven't hit you up now or they haven't hit you up sometime between when you – Gone varsity, mm. whatever. There's a reason for that. They're you, interested yeah. elsewhere. You coach mm-hmm. football. Like, you and I get together all the time and watch football. Mm-hmm. When the playoffs come, we watch basketball. Yeah. When my team is in the World Series, shout out to the Nats. What up, Nats? Like, we're watching baseball. Like, you and I are, we're guys. You know, mm-hmm. we watch sports all the time. You and I have not had a single conversation about how much we need sports. No. Because it doesn't make sense. Like, we're trying to survive out here. Like, I, I know people's money's on the line. I absolutely understand that. But if you having money is the sole, like, the driving force in you risking everyone else's health, I do not see the same value in it than you that you do. I don't. Yeah. You know, so... Um, I, I don't think that we're getting NBA playoffs. No, not, I, not with Florida being the hotbed that it is. I don't think we're getting an NFL season. Mm-mm. Especially more, with the, with the yeah. Cowboys and uh, Steelers game are already canceled. More strongly, mm-hmm. I absolutely, I don't think baseball's coming back. They're, they're trying to push for baseball so hard, but even with the 60-game season. I know. I think they're trying to actually play it in Canada or something. Yeah, they should only... They, they're going to realize they should only play 82 games. No one wants to watch 160 fucking games. Yeah, no shit. They're watching that shit. Um, I absolutely don't think college football is coming back. No. Like, that's the thing I really don't think is coming back. The biggest reason... What drives college football? Money. Kids and fans. Oh, yeah. Because if you're a college football player, to me, you're a kid. Why do I say that? Not just because of your age, but I went to that big school in Austin where I got to watch football players make asses of themselves in real life week after week after week. Not because they were football players, but because they were kids with a spotlight on them. The only difference was they had a spotlight on them. Because I can tell you, we could do a whole podcast about the dumb shit I saw people do on the 40 acres between 03 and 08. And 15 of those podcasts would be about me. <laughs> about the dumb <laughs> shit that I did. Yeah. And it'd be an 80-part series of 15 about Cameron, right? Yep. Like, I, I know kids who dropped in the draft because of things I watched them do on a weekly basis. You know? And that, that's the reality of it. And it's not that they're just the worst people on earth. It's just that they had more on the line. Like, college football 
it's too volatile because all these people that you don't think that you need to pay because they're kids, the fact that they're kids makes them risks. And, and granted, a lot of these kids, I got to be super respectful, are intelligent enough and smart enough to know until you put X, Y, and Z guidelines in place, we ain't playing. So I don't want to discredit those college kids mm-hmm. who have the right frame of mind, who know what they're worth, and are making sure that they're safe. However, that ain't all of them. No. Because in every group of teenagers, you're going to have people who don't give a fuck. Yes. Every crew needs a wild nigga. And, you know, you and I rotate being the wild nigga. Sometimes. Yeah, we do. Um, but <laughs> every crew <laughs> needs that. So uh, uh, a group of 53 men uh, in the best shape of their lives with immune systems that don't quit, there are going to be some wild niggas in that group. Whether they're white, black, brown, or other, they wild. And they're going to do some wild shit, and the consequences fall on everybody. I don't trust these kids to keep themselves safe. Yeah, and I mean, and you know, going back to the um, to the high school camps, I know, uh, like in the San Antonio area that we're from, um, some of the schools they had kids and coaches test positive, had nothing to do with the camp itself because of shit they were doing outside of camp. Yeah. So, and, and and then you know, I'm not trying to call people out, call programs out, but we've seen pictures. Because the the one thing about coaching these days, for whatever reason, in Texas, the thing that makes you the best coach is if you put all your pictures on Twitter and like, oh, look at me, I'm with my kids, you know, yeah, because that makes you a winner. Um, but there's a lot of these coaches that are so proud of what they're doing, which, okay, that's fine. But if you look in the pictures, you look at them carefully. I linked in the group in the in the group chat about a week or so ago with a certain program that's in the San Antonio area. And there was no social distancing going on in the background. And one of the UIL guidelines was that kids were not allowed to be in bigger groups, you know, and they had to be six feet apart of like so many kids. And you just see a whole cluster of them just all sitting next to each other, shirts off, water bottles, all that kind of stuff. Kids don't give a fuck, man. No, that's what I'm saying. It's just, it's like they never should have opened up these strength conditioning camps. Yeah. It's, it's in a way... It's a false hope. Huh. And and to be honest, I'd rather these kids be... I'd rather just cancel a whole season until we get this under control. We figure out there's a vaccine for this. And make sure these kids are safe. Hell, they got to play football in the spring. So be it. But I say for right now, with all these hotbeds and cases, need to shut it all down. We don't need to look at, oh, well, you know, they need this in order to go to school. No. School should always be the number one driving force for why they're there. Yes, extracurriculars are great, but if that if education is not that kid's front runner of the reason why they're in school, then you, we need to look at those parents and what are you teaching them? I I we didn't do video, so I'm not going to put the the slow orchestra music on you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you say some smart shit. It's rare, but sometimes you do. I always say smart shit. I just talk. <laughs> it just doesn't come off that way because I talk shit. I mean, I feel like I got out the things I needed to. Mm-hmm. Anything else that you want to discuss before we get out of here? No, just just again, guys, you know, stay away from the bars. It ain't worth it. Like, drink at home, be safe, wear a mask. Okay? If wearing a mask means that we can save lives then be inconvenient for all of five minutes. If not, then have groceries and stuff delivered to you and don't leave your house. 
don't in, don't put other people at risk because you want to put your pride and say I don't need a mask. Wear that fucking mask. To be American is to think that you're an individual who needs to protect the individual's rights. I think that Americans and the majority of Americans and guys, when I say the majority of Americans, I really mean the majority of Americans in power. You can decide who I'm talking about. But the majority of Americans would rather not be inconvenienced than maintain the things that make America strong. And I don't understand. Well, I mean, I understand. But if those same people had to wake up and look at how different their world was because they didn't take care of those other people, mm-hmm. they would have a fucking heart attack. And one last thing. Um Going back to what you're saying about the people that are protecting, you know, for the individual and individual rights and liberties. Well, guess what? If you're not alive, how are you going to enjoy all that? There's that guy from the uh, the Fox News interview who was like, yeah, I had family members die from COVID-19, but we don't know all the facts, so I'm not going to wear a mask. Like. The cognitive dissonance mm-hmm. that you have to put into play to say a thing like that is outrageous. Um, yeah, like you hate to end the show on a somber note, but I think the world needs to be better for our feelings to be better. Um, if you listen to this show, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes. If it's a five-star review, we'll definitely read it on the air. Even if it's one star, if you want to knock me, I'll gladly read that on the air. Peanut will read it on the air. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of that, um, if you check uh, Daily DDT, you can hear my, or you can read my interview with independent wrestler Faye Jackson talking about wrestling with COVID-19 um, the cancellation of WrestleMania weekend, the best promotions uh, for individuals to feel safe in, and eating at Red Lobster. So a bunch of good conversation there. Uh, Faye's fantastic. Um, and I've offered to pick up the tab for that meal. I just asked that Cam bring some some cheddar biscuits. That's all. Peanut's a real trooper. Um, oh, and also, um, I'm all for the jokes on Twitter. If you call me a simp, you're getting blocked. I don't really play that. Um, I have to block a guy today. Really? Yeah, because because I'm America's little brother, and everybody feels like they can just play. Like, and I'm good with the jokes. Like, jokes are funny. Uh, I literally posted that thing that's like the person, the cartoon, and it was me and Skeeter from Doug. Oh yeah. And his reply was simp, and I was like, oh, I'll block you immediately, guy. Like I. I don't, I've told people, and I really mean this, I don't play name calling. Like, I'm, name calling makes me want to fight you. Because you went outside of yourself to say something to me that takes away from who I am. Like, I don't call people names unless I'm ready to go there. 
So I'm like, you can just call me something. I even tell people, like, yo, the, the first time somebody did it, they were like something about a simp. I was like, yo, I really don't play the name calling. Like, I just want you to know. Mm-hmm. And so then they were like, oh, I didn't mean to say that, whatever. Uh, here you go, such and such rhymes with wimp. And I was like, I'm just going to block the guy. Like, it's not even, it's not worth going back and forth for. Because he wasn't too far away. He was in Houston. I'll drive three hours to square up. Like, I don't I'll care. do it. <laughs> but, like, nah, y'all can't even name calling. So, like, if get you're three like, hits on me. if you follow me on, like, the social medias and you're listening to this, like, guys, I, I really don't do the name calling shit. Like, I really want to meet you somewhere. And if we can't do that, it's easier for me to block you and you to feel like you were slighted. Also, right. go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, I have nothing to say. These niggas are out here perpetrating peanut. Let's talk about it. What happened? We talking about this uh, this speaking out shit. These niggas are out here perpetrating. Like, we've talked about, like, sexual abuse and mm-hmm. assault and how wrong that is. Yeah. These niggas, man, like, as wrong as that stuff is and as serious as I take this, I don't joke around about it. These niggas are out here offering money. They out here offering perks. They out here offering places on the card. They out here offering connections for sex. Okay. I don't fuck with that shit. That's nasty to me. All right? Is that sex work or what is that? Well, saying that, hey, I'm your trainer. And if you do X, Y, and Z for me, I can make sure such and such shows up to your tryout. Or I can send your DVD to... X promotion so they hire you, but you got to do what I want you to do. Niggas are nasty out here. Oh, that is pretty gross. Okay. Now, as somebody who might have sent a woman a couple of dollars once or twice, it was never, ever, 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 ever for sex to expect anything in return. Mm-hmm. I like you. I like how you look. Um, maybe if you gain two or three pounds, that would be tight. So here's twenty dollars to go to the buffet. I got you. <laughs> that's different. You feel me? Like yeah. that's not saying I want something from you. It's like, yo, couple I appreciate of bucks. you. Yeah, I, I rock with you. Here's something to help. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't. I don't want nothing from it other than your happiness. It don't got shit to do with me. Niggas are nasty out here. Of course they are. Man, come to find out, so my homegirl mm-hmm. who is non-binary. So as I tell this story, so I don't mess it up. I have to make sure I use they and them, right? So they are the kind of face of this wrestling promotion, right? Okay. They're super solid, detailed. Matter of fact, they shouted them out in the interview okay. as being super solid. They also shouted out the money behind it, right? So this came out, what, yesterday? Man, today the money got exposed as using somebody else's money, and he was definitely out there offering to support women in the hopes of having power over. Niggas are nasty out here, dog. And like, like, we don't all have the same appeal to women. Or men. Like, I, that's absolutely true, right? True. But you can't go about it through nefarious means and it be okay. Like, that's not how, like, listen, steroids and baseball is okay. 
to me, right? Because they just want more home runs. Pussy is not a league, okay? Pussy is not a league. Pussy is not a cause, okay? What if, no. Wow, but did you feel what I'm saying? Yeah, no, no. We're I, not I in mean, yeah. the National Pussy League where we want to see everybody just get as much as they can as often as they can. No. We're talking about actual people and their lives and their feelings. It's not about how much you can get. It's about your relationship with a person and them wanting to have an experience with you. Not based on the power you have over them, but based on their appreciation for you. That's what it's about. This episode is going to be called NPL, by the way. No Pussy League. Well, National Pussy League. Oh. But <laughs> it's not a league. It's not real. It doesn't exist. If it did, they broke it up years ago. They abolished it in 1958 for reasons. Is that when women's suffrage came out? No, it was like in the 20s. Oh, no, 20s vote. I'm so well. It's like early, early. Guys, time. we are not history majors, but history minor. But I forgot. Which, sure, I, but, I know the women got right to vote in the 1920s. I know that. But. but the bottom line is this: if you got to use anything other than your father's features to convince a woman to spend time with you, you're doing it wrong. Any arguments from the room? No, no. It's the South Congress podcast, episode 111. No justice, no peace. Black Lives Matter. Voter suppression is racism. Everyone deserves to be treated with respect. Well, except racist. Everyone deserves the right to sexual safety. That's what I got. Anything else we really got to put out there? Advising, this is Cam speaking. <laughs> it's the South Congress Podcast, episode 111. My name is Cameron. I'm Isaiah. And we're out. Bye. Want to support the show? Want a specific topic, comment, show, or movie discuss? Supporting the South Congress Podcast on Patreon allows you to dictate the conversation. Visit patreon.com slash Seahawk for details on how you can support and guide the show.